0: A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team.
1: Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, folks? This is Michael Bumpus, and you're listening to Hawk Talk, the recap edition. The Seahawks beat the Vikings 37-30 on Monday night football, propelled themselves into the first place into the division. This morning, we're going to talk to Mr. Paul Moyer. How are you doing today, Paul?
2: man couldn't be better it was uh that was a fun night last night
1: great night last night hawks get it done um what are you seeing out of this team right now what's the what's the identity of this football team paul
2: well i think the big identity is just go find a way to win the game and it it doesn't matter how but uh you you start to get through three quarters of the season you know you're starting to see some some, some common themes here uh, we're going to run the football uh, that's kind of been the, the theme for the, the last 10 years here with uh, with Pete Carroll uh, and we're going to play really good defense and, and that's finally over you know, the last three games we're, we're seeing that too and what, I, what I'm seeing I'll start with the defensive side I, the first part is we're, we're making teams one-dimensional we're going to stop the running game and then we played three teams in a row now San Francisco Philadelphia, Minnesota, who all run the ball very well. We shut that down and made them go to what really they don't want to do, and that's throw the ball downfield because uh, that creates turnover opportunities and sack opportunities. So we finally have seen that, which we, I thought the defense struggled, obviously, the, the first uh, half of the season. And then offensively, um, it's it's here. I mean, we rushed for 218 yards. Last night against one of the best uh, defenses in the league, particularly against the rush, a great front seven. Um, we've got this uh, two-headed monster now with, with Penny and Carson, which is fun to watch. Uh, and then when teams finally do, they say, okay, we, we've got to commit to stopping the run, which they get nervous about. Now you got Russell Wilson. And, and we saw that when you, you give him an opportunity, David Moore and him connect on a 60-yard touchdown um this team's clicking on all cylinders and and we still haven't played our best football yet and that's what's exciting there's still a ceiling ahead
1: two weeks in a row Trey Flowers has come up with an interception um he's made the adjustment from safety to corner what do you see now of this guy that's putting him in position to make these plays
2: you know in bump we've talked about this you know there's so much is, is about confidence um you know here's a guy who's a year and a half experience of playing corner, you know, a converted safety, you know, in college, that's a tough transition. You can do it for a game or two. I've seen guys do that. Heck, I even played corner a little bit in the NFL, which God forbid you don't want to do too much. Um, But you go a full season and a half, people start to find your weaknesses. Well, his is completely different. I mean, he's found his strengths. Um, He's very good, long arms. he, He bumped, you know, good bump and run guy um, can definitely shield that that deep throw but he's starting to trust the routes he's starting to see when guys you know chop their feet for the comebacks you know when they run their out routes when they go and stem for their their go routes Uh, and now you're seeing him being confident and trusting it and you know he's got his what three interceptions now Uh, he's a tough guy mentally and physically and again you know May have been a weakness coming into this year with Griffin and, and Flowers at corner. It's turned out to be a strength for the Seahawks' defense.
1: Yeah, I like those corners. Um, so DeMarco Jones got some reps switching in with DJ Fluker. Did you like seeing that?
2: I love it. Um, and, and partly why I love it is yeah. the first one is I think DeMarco Jones at one point when he was playing was playing as well as, as anybody on our offensive line. Matter of fact, I, I, you can make a case that he was playing the best uh, of anybody on our offensive line, he is technically so sound, and you know his future is bright. They're gonna they're gonna find a spot for him at, at some point, if not this year, next year. But the other part is, you know, they always compete and and to light a fire under people. Um, you know, not that Fluker needs that fire, but just to know, hey, just because you're a veteran, um, you've got to play at your best, and if you don't. You know, we're going to put other guys in there to compete. And it's it's not a negative. And that's the thing I love about what Pete Carroll does is he turns competition into a positive. And, and there's some programs it's a negative. You know, there's that uh, entitlement that, you know, I'm a starter, I'm a veteran, you know, you, you, you can't challenge me. Well, on this team, anybody can be challenged. And, and we've seen Fluker's play get better. But the first series, uh, when I saw Jamarco Jones in the game, he pushed the defensive tackle really wide and and created space, and it was Carson's best run at that point of the game. Uh, so again, it's just, hey, no man is, is is free to just have an open spot. There's competition uh, every single week.
1: Yep, nobody's safe. So uh, Cody Barton got some reps um, during this game. How important is that going for uh, going into the future for the Seahawks with? KJ getting older, Wags getting older, Kendrick's getting older. How's how important is it that well, Cody Barton got some reps last night?
2: Well, I think it's it's really important. And, and I you know, you can even throw it with Penny and Carson. You know, it, you know, last week Penny got, you know, the majority of the of the of the carries. And then, you know, Carson you're still our starter, but you know, you got to play to a high level always. And more importantly, we've got to also develop guys behind you. And we saw we we're seeing that with Jamarco Jones. It, it In colleges, it's critical. And there's so many programs that never play their freshman a snap. And then all of a sudden, the next year, they've got to be a starter. Instead of playing them, you know, five, six reps a game, just to get a feel for what the game's like. And that's what you're getting with Barton, too. You know, KJ is older. You know, Bobby Wagner's older. You know, these guys need a break in a game. You know, even if it's five, six plays or maybe even a series off, just to see what's going on mentally. Um, but more importantly, next year, if, if Barton is a starter, it's not so foreign to him. He's actually had an opportunity to play. And I, I think that's critical in development.
1: Now, some are saying Russell Wilson didn't have a great game. I thought he had an all right game. How would you evaluate and grade Russell Wilson's play last night?
2: I thought he was pretty good. I, 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 I was so hyped up on that game. I somehow I made it and, and actually watched the whole game again last night, um, the coverage downfield was really good. I mean, they, and they were playing a shell, you know, cover two almost the whole game. Um, and that's why we had so much success on the run again. They just did not want to give up the, the deep throw, which they really only gave up one. There were some tough throws. Um, I did think he didn't see some guys who were open. I thought maybe he stayed on his primary a little bit too long. Uh, didn't come backside. Uh, but, you know, Russell's Russell. At the end of the day, he still had, what, two, two touchdowns? Um, he had the one crazy interception, I don't even want to call it an interception, that was a fluke. You know, we put up, you know, 37 points on uh the sixth best uh, scoring defense in the league. Uh, pretty pretty job well done.
1: With four games left in this in this uh, in this season, um what's a uh, one or two things you think the Hawks need to improve on before hitting the playoffs?
2: Ooh, there's a good one. Um I just making the the play. I know this is kind of a, a, a weird one, but just making the routine plays. Um, we, you know, we're we're still dropping passes that I think are, are there for the taking. Um, I, our young guys, Carson uh, and and DK Metcalf. You know, not fumbling. You know, just we got to protect the football. I think those are the two big things. Cause if we, we do that, if we do that last night. Uh, just make the routine catches again. We've had this conversation a bunch, and not not give the ball away needlessly you know the, we're, we make the games a lot easier uh you know we we had the the one breakdown in in coverage i, I don't think that's going to happen often you know whether they, they just couldn't hear you know the people forget it the crowd noise is awesome for the for the offense uh you know or the defense for for get off um you know in the pass rush it's really hard on the secondary to make checks and in that game I think one guy couldn't hear it or didn't get the check properly and they they had a busted coverage and we gave up a quick score and that's what happened early in the season and we can't have that so I think we're good enough football team to go out and win but we got to do just the little things the easy plays you know no breakdowns in the secondary uh we shore all that up we're gonna be a tough team to beat
1: there you go you heard it from Paul Murray Paul thank you for taking time I know you're a busy man
2: all right, man. Pleasure. Always
1: fun. All right, talk to you soon, Paul.
2: Thanks, Paul.
1: All right, we're gonna move along to our main takeaways. What did we learn from this game? Another prime time game. Another prime time win. It really is just another game. It seems like over here, Nas. Yes. I mean, every week. I mean, the numbers don't.
3: I mean, once at some point, it's no longer uh, like an anomaly. It's expected. I mean, the Seahawks improved twenty six and ten in Monday Night Football, which is the best record. In the NFL, in NFL history, which is, it's, which is stunning, and it's even better, and that includes a whole franchise, not alone what Pete's just done. So, it's, I mean, it's always another week out here, and it, you just expect it now.
1: Since 2012, the Seahawks have 48 wins in the months of November through January, which leads the NFL. I'm starting to think maybe this is a pretty good franchise. I don't think this franchise gets the respect that it deserves. Is it the location? Is it the style of play? What do you think it is about this team? I don't know, man.
3: I mean, obviously the Patriots are in our class of themselves so with all the championships they've won, but other than the New England Patriots, the best team in the NFL over the last 10 years has been the Seahawks, and it's not close, whether it's double-digit win seasons, whether it's playoff appearances, whether it's Super Bowl appearances, whether it's their performance on primetime games. They are such a solid team,
1: and they always get better in the stretch run, and that stat you just gave us spoke to that. The Hawks prove, once again, they can run the ball against anybody. It doesn't matter if they have a top-five defense. The Seahawks had 219 rush yards against the Vikings last night, 219, and they did it with two backs. It wasn't just Chris Carson. Penny got involved. Russell did his thing, had a couple runs. Um, I like what I'm seeing out of this backfield, and now with the, with the emergence of Penny, that takes some pressure off of Carson to have to make the big play every single time.
3: Well, it's great, too, and this is this had to have been what the Seahawks envisioned when they drafted Penny. You know, Carson was a seventh-round guy. They didn't really know what they were going to get. He kind of showed some great things his, his first season, then he got hurt, then he came back. And last year, last year he took off, goes for over 1,000 yards. This year he's very close to that. But last night was great because typically it's either been Carson had a really good game and we didn't hear from Penny or Penny flash, and, and Carson was kind of in the rear mirror. Last night it was great because both of them were on their game. I love it because Chris Carson's not having to carry the ball 30 times. It's a great change of pace with the style, so you just you gotta love what you saw from both those guys last night.
1: and Penny got involved in the pass game. He had over a hundred um, all-purpose yards, so that's awesome as well. Seahawks dominated the time of possession 39 minutes to 20 minutes. That must be frustrating for an offense to have to sit there and watch this team methodically move the ball down the field and get into many third and short situations. And I think that's a testament to that run game. When you can run the football on first and second down, you're going to get third and short, and that opens up the playbook and puts pressure on that defense. Well, you got to look at their, their drive
3: summary. They had the first touchdown uh, drive, they had 14 plays, 75 yards, eight minutes off the clock. They had another drive that was nine plays, 71 yards, Um, so they, you know, 872, so they just possessed the ball long, grinded out, and I heard you talking to Care about this morning, hey, if they're going to play that cover two shell and say, hey, we're not going to get beat deep, we're going to be able to run the ball, and they they had no answer for it last night.
1: Last but not least, the Seahawks are tied for the best record in the NFL. Let's go. 10-2 and two and move into second place in the NFC. Do you think they can get the number one seed? I
3: do. And, again, because it's me and you and we're not in the locker room, we, we can talk about these kind of things. I really do. Um, we'll see what happens with the Niners and Saints next week. Obviously, the Rams on Sunday Night Football for the Seahawks is going to be a big game. but everything's right there in front of them, man. The, every game they have on their schedule is winnable. They're 6-0 in the road. They got two road games in a row this next two weeks. So I, I think everything's there, and then you got two division games to end it. So they're in great shape, definitely
1: definitely to at least get a first-round bye, which would be huge for them. Niners-Saints, that's a tricky game.
0: If yeah. the Niners
1: win, then that bumps the Hawks into the number one seed. Mm-hmm. If the Niners lose, um, then uh, it just takes care of the division. Which do you prefer?
3: Man, uh, the greedy side of me wants the number one seed because the Seahawks have done pretty well. They've gone to the Super Bowl. All the three times they've done it, they had the one seed home field advantage. So I like that. But I also like to just be like, no, we're going to have the division. We know we're going to have a first-round bye. And guess what? This team is showing what they can do on the road. So in that situation, they're just having to win one game. So honestly, it's a great situation to be in for the for January in the postseason.
1: It's a win-win. All right, moving on to top performers first. Let's talk about Russell Wilson. Some say he didn't play great. I thought he played good enough to get the W. He was 21-31 for 240 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick that, like Paul Murray just said, I don't even want to count that as a pick. It should be like a deflection turnover or something yeah, like man. that. Yeah, man, that's
3: brutal. And he did the exact right thing. The ball, You're taught the ball gets batted up in the air to bat it down. And as it's going back, he kind of gets hit on his way up and tips it and just could not have been a better play for them. Perfect, right place, right time. Harris runs it back for a touchdown. But, yeah, no, it's really hard for Russell to get penalized for that.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Russell Wilson was pressured a season low four times on Monday. That's 12% pressure rate, taking advantage of the Vikings' four-man pressure. Um, that talks to that offensive line. Mm-hmm. That means they're picking up blitzes. That means they're communicating with the stunts. They're, they're picking up the combo blocks. I like what I'm seeing out of this offensive line. And then you put in a Jamarco Jones is getting in the mix. The more the merrier on that offensive line. No, you love it. You love to see it. You love to see the depth. And Ethan Posick hopefully is going to come back in a couple
3: weeks to add even more depth. But the Vikings had such a talented front seven with Kendricks making plays. So they got a lot of – Joseph, they got a lot of big stout guys up front. And – for the Seahawks to keep Russell protected the way they did, it's a huge it's a huge confidence booster for sure.
1: With the win on Monday night, Russell improves to 9-2 on Monday night football. Wilson now has the highest win percentage of any quarterback on Monday night football passing the great Randall Cunningham. Again, another week, another stat that Russell's doing something that no one else has ever done. Will this ever stop? I I don't see it stopping. I mean, just bank it in. We'll have at
3: least one to two stats that no one else has done in the league every single week because that's Russell Wilson. You know, I personally I still think he has a good shot at the MVP. But most people is probably going to give that to Lamar at the moment. But we'll we'll wait. We'll. If Russell doesn't get it, that's fine.
1: I think he's okay with just winning ballgames. Yes, he is. Here's our last one for you. Since entering the league in 2012, Russell Wilson has thrown 63 pass touchdowns of at least 20 yards in the air. That's the most in the NFL over that span. The next closest player is the great Drew Brees at 57. You talk about this guy being a game manager, Mm -hmm. not really a quarterback. He's tossing that rock down the field more than anybody in this league, and he's been successful, the best long ball in the game. Maybe of all time i mean it's up there
3: man i mean the numbers are a lie. when you when when you think of drew Brees and all the insane stats he's put up the last seven eight years and for russell
1: be ahead of him that stat just speaks to how good russell's been next top performer we got to go to 32 what to do chris carson 23 carries 102 yards one touchdowns one touchdown no fumbles took care of the rock and it's the fifth game this season over 100 yards, Mr. Consistency. We talked about it,
3: man, last week. We said after that Eagles game, uh, expect Chris Carson to be hungry. Yeah. He was going to ball out, and he did not disappoint.
1: Now you got to talk about his buddy in the backfield. Rashad Penny had 15 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Also had four catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's emerging. You know, it's it's not happening at the pace that people wanted it to happen, but it's happening right before our eyes. And he's evolving. He's cutting weight. He understands the playbook. He's not only uh, outside the tackle guys. He's hitting the gap. What do you see now of this guy? It's everything's great. Like he has, like you said, he
3: has that burst. He has. He just does things differently than Chris Carson, which is great. And also, he's bigger than people think in terms of his strength. So he doesn't go down easily. He he takes care of the rock. He's explosive. And what I love is his mindset as a young player. He is. Just completely ignored all the outside noise of, oh, is he a bus, is he this and that. He's just stayed consistent, doing the right things, cutting weight, showing up to meetings on time, putting in the extra homework, and it's finally starting to show on the field, so I'm happy for that guy.
1: So the Hawks rushed for 219 um, against the Vikings. You know the last team to, do, to rush for over 200? Hmm, was it another team from Seattle? Another team from Seattle. Yeah. Last year, 214 yards, and Minnesota hasn't given up more than 147 on the ground this year. Safe to say the ground game is looking pretty good right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, we know the Ravens have an un- unbelievable amount of rush yards because of how much they run Lamar Jackson. But the Seahawks are always true to their identity, and it doesn't matter. I don't care what the numbers say. If Whoever you are in the NFL, the Seahawks can run against them.
1: Last top performer, Trey Flowers. Man, so proud of this dude. Three tackles, one pass offense, one interception. He just looks comfortable. He looks like he's trusting his technique. He trusts in what he sees. I think that's one of the biggest challenges for corners is to trust the route combination because you can always get hit with a double move. Mm -hmm. I think that's what kind of gets guys to be timid, especially coming from that safety spot to where you can see everything. He was a safety in college. You can see the whole field. You can freelance at that corner spot. You're on an island, and this guy's looking nice and comfortable. Second week in a row he has an interception.
3: Yeah, no, and, and he—you guys talked about it on the morning show. Uh, Trey's just taking the ball away, and that's a different—that's a different thing, and that's the next step in the progression of being a great DB in, in Pete Carroll's system. So, love to see from Trey. He, he's got that confidence, and the whole back end is just—they're balling out. At one point, people thought they were uh, a
1: liability on this team, that is so far from the truth at this point in the season. I got to give a shout out to Quandre Diggs. Mm-hmm. That hit he had. Woo! Goodness gracious. I've been fiending for something like that all year. <laughs> Hit him in the gut. I'm in the press box. I'm grabbing people trying not to make noise like oh as a God. as a former player, those are the type of plays that that ignites a team, ignites a defense and just gets momentum on your side. Oh,
3: just gets you juice. I mean, you could hear it echo throughout the stadium. Everyone just knows and I don't know how that man does it. He's not a big guy in stature, but he brings the lumber, and it's at that point now where if you're a wide receiver, if you're a tight end, if
1: you're a running back, you're going to want to know where 37 is because he's coming down to hit you. That's that pit bull, baby. Wide receiver roundup. DK has six catches for 75 yards, six catches out of seven targets, which is good. He did have a fumble, but, man, sometimes you just can't control the fumble. Like, he put his shoulder pad on the ball as he's turning up field. Nothing you can really do about that. Sometimes guys get lucky. David Moore had two catches for 65 yards and a touchdown, a big touchdown for 60 yards, and you cannot not mention the new addition celebration at the end of that touchdown. Oh, my goodness. It just killed it. I loved, I mean,
3: you know, for some of our other fans, you might you might have missed that when it <laughs> happens. Steve Ray will call it kind of a hula dance. Hula. but. The Seahawks receivers have the best celebrations in the NFL, and it is not close. And I just love that the choreography
1: was on point when you match it up with a new addition. I mean, our guys are out there balling. Yeah, they're doing that with no music. They're just Mm -hmm. on air. (laughs) Jacob Hollister has six catches for 44 yards. This guy has stepped in. Um, Vanette gets traded. Uh, Dixon goes down. Uh, Dixie goes down. Luke Wilson's injured. It's him and George Fant. So really, pretty much it's him when it comes to that pass game. I love what Jacob Hollister is doing. Rashad Penny had four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown on the screen. Josh Gordon missed a clutch. All he does is catch a slants. Mm-hmm. He had one for 10 on the third down. Talked to Pete Carroll earlier. He says he will get more involved as the season goes along. Chris Carson had one catch for seven yards. JB, one for six. Tyler Lockett didn't have any catches but was targeted three times. Um, safe to say, I don't think he's completely healed. He had a, an injury, then he was sick. Uh, him being out there is just a blessing because they have to account for this guy absolutely and i think he's going to come back once he finally gets the fluids back in
3: him and he's ready to rock and he's got another week of just playing football and hopefully that sickness is past him
1: i'd expect to see some big things that'll lock it down the stretch all right moving on to the coaches' quarter every week we talk about one play and today we have to talk about the fake punt. it was fourth and three on the seattle 32 in the fourth quarter and homer got it going
0: So Michael Dixon on to punt. Hughes is deep for Minnesota. Fake punt. It's coming near side. Running the football. He's down inside Minnesota territory. It was Travis Homer. A fake punt. Michael Dixon ran like he was going to chase a bad snap. It was a direct snap to the upback Travis Homer, who goes 29 yards before he's knocked out of bounds on the near sidelines. You get one chance a season to run one of those. And what a great choice by the Seahawks. Perfect blocking. And Homer, wow, he accelerates up the field all the way into Minnesota territory at the 39.
1: What a time to call this play. Fourth and three, you're on your own 32. This is not a a safe fake punt. I don't think any fake punts are safe, Mm -hmm. but you're in your own territory. A direct snap to to homer, and it just turns into a stretch play. You got lead blockers out there. You got Lane O'Hill leading the way. You got Hollister out there leading the way. And then he gets gets on that sideline, and he ain't stepping out. Uh Uh-uh. He sees a guy squared up. You know, I'm a receiver. I'm stepping out, save a hit. Homer said, nah, I'm touching this rock. I'm going to lower that shoulder and deliver some pain. You'd love to see it, too because he just
3: that burst. That's why they drafted him. When you it was, it's good to see him now on on kickoff returns and to see him get that play that confidence is going to show that burst that what he has. And Wyman said it on the broadcast. Pete had some stones Those to call stones. that. Oh my goodness! But hey, that's the work they put in. Brian Schneider, special teams coach, they worked that all week. They knew they got the look that they
1: wanted to see and they executed perfectly. And this is nice to see young guys contributing. You Homer, who contributed, Ugo's always contributed on special teams. Cody Barton got some um, during, during the game. So, as the season progresses, you start to see these numbers that you're not familiar with make some plays for them to trust the young man. It's awesome to see. I'm happy for Travis Homer. I'm gonna call him the homie Homer. Yes Let's sir. go, baby. All right, the best thing that we took from this game can't look. Can't look past the run game. These guys are balling out. The combo of Carson and Penny are for real. And then you add that offensive line play. Upati's healthy. Dwayne Brown's healthy. Jamarko Jones getting in the mix. Hunt has stepped in and, and has played exceptionally well. Um, I like what they're doing on the ground. With the win over the Vikings, the Seahawks now control their own destiny to the number two seed in first round bye. These guys are 10-2. On to the next, going down in Cali, Coliseum. Pete Carroll's familiar with that stadium. Mm-hmm. He knows the ins and outs. I wonder what restaurant he's going to eat at. I wonder what path he takes to the to the field. All familiar. It's been good. It's Michael Bumpus, Hawk Tar Recap, along with my guy, Nassi Chobi. The Seahawks beat the Vikings 37-30 on Monday Night Football, number two in the NFC, and they control the division. We'll see you guys next time.